The Baltimore Ravens getting ready to steal DeAndre Hopkins away from the Cleveland Browns and the rest of the NFL. We talk about that and much more coming up next here on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravenswire. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here today with us, making us your first listen each and every day. You can subscribe for free, both in video form and in audio form, wherever you get your podcasts. In today's episode of Locked On Ravens, it's brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL, and when you enter promo code LockedOnNFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. We're back here. It is Thursday. We're almost to Purple Friday, so hang in there. You know, the, the week, if, if you're riding through it, we are almost to the weekend, and we're here on Locked On Ravens riding that Daily Ravens content five days a week. I appreciate all the support if you're listening every day, if you're an everyday on the show, or if this is your first time or somewhere in the middle, welcome into the show here. We're, again, five days a week Ravens content. So Monday through Friday, we do bring that. So updates, analysis, anything Ravens, you, you can keep it here locked on Ravens for all of that. And if you have, you have a friend or a family member who wants Ravens content, be sure to throw them over here our way on the channel and the show. But we have a lot to talk about today. And I know, look, the DeAndre Hopkins thing, I get it. It's, it's been a long time where we've been talking about DeAndre Hopkins a lot of shows spent on him. But look, it's, it's the content that is being out right now. It's the content relating to the Ravens. You know, my, my dad, he gives me advice on the show sometimes. And he, he said, if you talk about DeAndre Hopkins one more time, you talk about him so much. Look, I, I can't help it. So I'm, I'm sorry, Dad. We're going to have to do it again today. As there was new information regarding DeAndre Hopkins and the Ravens. And maybe why they could be gearing up or getting ready to potentially steal him away. Pry him away from the Cleveland Browns. In the rest of the NFL. So we'll get into the latest update on the Hopkins situation and just kind of revisit why it would or wouldn't be a fit and what it's kind of looking like for them in terms of adding Hopkins to this roster. And in the second part of the show, we'll be talking about Daniil Hunter, who I think is would be amazing in Baltimore. There was some reports that surfaced on him yesterday and his standing throughout the league and maybe he could be moved. So we'll talk about him potentially in Baltimore and we'll expand on that in either a show, you know, either maybe even tomorrow's show or a show later down the line here. Then in the final part of the show, I, I do want to talk about comments from OTAs a little bit more, dive a little bit deeper into what John Harbaugh had to say, Kyle Hamilton and, and even Chuck Smith and what, they really wanted to hammer home during their media availability. So plenty to talk about on Locked on Ravens. Let's first start off with DeAndre Hopkins. And if the Ravens are gearing up to steal DeAndre Hopkins away, pry him away from the Cleveland Browns, and obviously that was the case, the rest of the NFL. There's been a lot of speculation about DeAndre Hopkins, right? Where is his next team going to be and where is he going to play? Because obviously he was released from the Arizona Cardinals in a move that I don't think it was totally shocking. Uh, Arizona's just on a much different timeline than Hopkins right now. Hopkins now gets his choice as to where he wants to play. If you remember, he was traded from Houston to Arizona, so didn't necessarily get a choice in that matter. And it seems to be taking his time a little bit. We actually got news yesterday that Hopkins will be first taking a visit 
to Nashville with the Tennessee Titans. But my whole inkling, the whole almost the whole time was, you know, what about Cleveland? There's the Deshaun Watson connection. It feels like a lot of people in Cleveland want Hopkins there. Obviously, the Browns traded for Elijah Moore, but they also have Amari Cooper. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones showed something. I love Donovan Peoples-Jones back when he was drafted in that draft class. But Hopkins would obviously take that team or honestly, whatever team he goes to, to another level. We got an update from Josina Anderson. Well, first, Mary Kay Cabot, who said that, you know, the the Browns want DeAndre Hopkins and and DeAndre Hopkins is still wanted by Deshaun Watson. But it's a long shot for now. No free agent visit to the Browns is scheduled and they're not looking to add a big name receiver. So it's, it's more Deshaun Watson, honestly, than Cleveland at this point, where it feels like Deshaun Watson still wants him. But Maybe Cleveland not so much as they're not looking to add a big-name receiver. And Josina Anderson chimes in, someone who is very highly respected within NFL circles. I, I respect her very much as well. And she said, in Cleveland, it would take a change in team circumstances and or a change in initial contract expectations. My understanding is Baltimore will monitor his free agency. Other info is, is in her podcast. She, she does great work on the crew and with all her work. But that's the, the interesting part. Of the look, she said her understanding is Baltimore is going to monitor his free agency. Who knows what that actually means? You know, maybe they're going to check in on him and see what happens. Maybe maybe they have already, and they're just going to monitor where he visits and what, what the word is with him, essentially. But this is a new piece of information that we did not know, you know basically, when I'm recording this 24 hours ago, less than that. And so we're going to see if the Ravens are truly serious about adding a player like DeAndre Hopkins to their offense. And, and the stuff that we've talked about already, would he be a fit? It's, it's more of a luxury at this point in terms of an actual need. The Ravens already added Odo Beckham Jr. They still have Rashad Bateman. They drafted Zay Flowers. They also signed Nelson Aguilar, and, and they have Devin DuVernay and a bunch of other guys too. But the, the top four that I keep looking at here, Hopkins, Beckham, Bateman, and Zay Flowers, that, that is incredible. That is an incredible top four where I mean, Hopkins would be the best receiver on Baltimore's roster. No disrespect to any of the other guys on the roster. DeAndre Hopkins, I think, is the best receiver on Baltimore's roster if he's added. And he's a player that he he can go up, catch contested passes. He attracts you know defensive attention because of how good he is. And he's still very, I still think, a top 10 wide receiver in this league. And it's funny because a lot of people are saying, well, you know, you have to add an edge rusher. You have to add a cornerback. And yeah, I agree with that. I, I very much so agree with that, especially in the edge room, as, as we kind of will take a look at that more in the second part of the show here. But sometimes the best defense is getting better on offense because you score more points. You, you keep the ball from the opposing offenses. And that can work out. So for a team like a Cleveland or a Kansas City or a Buffalo, all of which honestly seem like long shots. Now, personally to me, it feels like DeAndre Hopkins is valuing a contract more than he is a fit or a winning situation, which again is is his own thing. He can do what he wants. So I've always made the point that different players value different things. Some players value money more. Some players value winning more. Some players value fit or culture. Everybody, everybody in the NFL, everybody within sports, every, honestly, everyone in life has differences in terms of what they want to value at certain points. And if DeAndre Hopkins wants to value contract, wants to value money at this point, then that, that good for him, honestly. Like, seriously, it, it's up to him what he wants to do and what he wants to prioritize. Now, that's not going to land him in a Buffalo or a Kansas City or maybe not even a Baltimore, who right now has about 11-ish million dollars, 10-ish million dollars in cap space. But 
at that point, maybe Tennessee does make the most sense. You know, there were rumblings of Houston early on. I know that is kind of faded, but I, th- I really did think, I firmly did believe it was going to be Cleveland. It just, it just made sense. The Sean Watson, DeAndre Hopkins connection in Houston. I mean, I thought that's what it was going to be. And again, I think a lot of people in Cleveland do want him there, but I don't know. It doesn't feel like that's going to happen anymore. And for Baltimore, if they're going to monitor a situation here, bringing in a player that I think would elevate their offense and keep them away from those division rivals or conference rivals or a competitor in general, you know, it, it would take up probably most, if not all of Baltimore's remaining cap space. Now that now they do have avenues and other areas where they can restructure guys, create a little bit more cap space. But we also do know that the Ravens like to keep a little bit of change in their back pocket. So we talked about that a, a little bit with Spencer Schultz of X52. You can check out Tuesday's episode. We had a really good conversation about DeAndre Hopkins. And again, do I think a move is likely for Hopkins? I, I still predict it's not going to happen. I, I think Baltimore, again, monitoring a situation could mean they're, they're going to keep up with it, or it could just mean they're going to check in and it's going to be, oh, okay, not really what we're, we're looking for at this point. Maybe we'll come back to it or just keeping tabs on it. It might be very serious. It might be literally not serious whatsoever. But again, this new piece of information adds a little intrigue to the whole situation because we were talking about before DeAndre Hopkins was released from Arizona. It was, well, how are they going to make it work contractually with the base salary? I think he had, what, a 19 million base salary in that deal for 2023 and then the extra year in 2024. What's the draft capital going to be? This is a, a situation where, again, the Ravens talks with Odo Beckham apparently messed everything up in a trade for DeAndre Hopkins in Kansas City. That pairing to become something feels like Buffalo's a long shot at this point. We, we now are hearing Cleveland, you know, is a long shot at this point. I, I don't think we've heard anything about Kansas City at this point, but they don't have a lot of cap space. So where where's a fit for him? Maybe it is Baltimore. And it'd be it, look, it'd be really cool if the move happened. I'd be on board with it 100%. But again, my, my gut feeling just says it's not going to happen right now because I think Baltimore, again, the contract might be a bit of a holdup. And then at the end of the day, I think Baltimore's biggest needs are still at cornerback and obviously at edge. So coming up in the second part of the show, we'll be diving a bit more into the edge conversation, talking about Daniel Hunter and where he could fit with the Ravens if he's moved there. So be sure to stay tuned, plan to get to Unlocked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And I'm really excited to tell you about Bird Dogs because they make you look good. And I, and I mean that, and I know that because I have experienced it firsthand. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And they have, they have really stretchy material. It's also very comfortable as well. And the Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. And fit's really important to me because, I, you know, I don't want to be uncomfortable walking around. And, you know, Bird Dogs also gives you the really sleek and really nice look. And they fit way better than the regular shorts that are made of, you know, that stiff, restricting cotton. And again, the movement factor of this for Bird Dogs Super important. Bird Dogs fixed the issue of movement by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And my nickname, it, it was Khaki Kev growing up. I wore a lot of khakis, so the khaki look to me at least, I value that. Bird Dogs has me covered with that. And Bird Dog uses anti stink sweating wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL and enter promo code LockedOnNFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That tumbler is sweet, by the way. I would highly recommend getting in on that. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. 
We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still here with you coming to you after game three of the NBA Finals. The Denver Nuggets, my team, beating the Miami Heat. They go up two to one. The Heat are a tough team. I'll tell you that. I'm hoping Denver can pull out two more wins, but we will see. Finals are not easy for any team, and Denver's still figuring some stuff out, but glad they're able to pull out the win. We're talking Ravens here, though on Locked On Ravens. And a really interesting angle that we're going to take now is in the edge room. We've talked about maybe bringing back Justin Houston, Yannick Ngakwe, Jadavian Clowney. One guy that potentially could be on the table for Baltimore is Daniel Hunter. He's a Minnesota Vikings star, and there were reports coming out yesterday that teams are calling the Vikings about trading for Daniel Hunter, and the interest is pretty serious. Now, a team that would acquire Daniel Hunter, first of all, who is who is Daniel Hunter? Minnesota guy, and 6'5", 263, so he is he is a long, big player. And he has been someone that really has helped Minnesota in their pass rush department. Came in the league in 2015 and ended up having six sacks in 14 games his rookie season, then burst onto the scene, 12 and a half sacks his sophomore year, then seven sacks, 14 and a half, 14 and a half. So back-to-back 14 and a half sack seasons for him. Missed all of 2020, came back in 2021, had six sacks. And then 2022, 10 and a half sacks. This would be a perfect fit. A team acquiring Daniel Hunter would only be on the hook for $5.5 million because he has a $4.9 million base salary right now. And then $600,000 in roster bonuses. I think $100,000 in workout bonuses and then an extra $500,000 in a roster bonus. And then there are two void years on that contract. But again, a team acquiring Daniel Hunter would only have only be on the hook at least for $5.5 million in 2023. That That is an absolute steal for the quality of player Daniel Hunter is. Pe- people look at the injury situation with Daniel Hunter. Again, missed all of 2020 and then only played in seven games in 2021. Before that, you know, aside from his rookie season, played in all 16 games for four consecutive seasons before the NFL obviously went to 17, then played in all 17 games in 2022. He's a three-time pro bowler, you know, has gotten votes for defensive player of the year and comeback player of the year. He got, he was in that conversation. This is a player that I think the Ravens should seriously look into acquiring. He can play both inside or outside. Personally, I would use him on the outside, but just let's look at the state of the Ravens edge room right now, the outside linebacker room. We've talked about it before, Right now, the Ravens have Adafi Owe, David Ajabo, Tyus Bowser. I think that's a fine trio, but to, to rely on those guys, Adafi Owe, I think, needs to have a big year. And, and look, I'll put my trust in him for this year. But if he doesn't, that's disaster, especially if you don't bring in another veteran. I'm assuming Baltimore will bring in another guy, regardless of its of if it's Neil Hunter or not. I mean, I think the, the most likely fit is probably Justin Houston bringing him back for a third year. But to me, if if Owe can't produce, if Ajabo is kind of working through things, essentially this is Ajabo's rookie season. Had you know one tackle was a strip sack on Joe Burrow, but if if he's still working through some stuff and figuring out where he fits in, at the NFL game, which look, if that's what happens with Ajabo, that's completely okay, especially at that stage in his career. But obviously, it's not ideal for the Ravens' on-field success. Tyus Bowser, I think you can rely on as a veteran in that room, but he's not like that that pure pass rusher, go out there and get 10, 12 sacks a season guy. He can go out there and get you probably six, seven, eight. But again, you want to use him in, in a very versatile role. I think bringing in Daniel Hunter would be the move. And honestly, I think that would be a move to me over DeAndre Hopkins. I would I would love DeAndre Hopkins in Baltimore. 
I think I'd like to know Hunter in Baltimore even more based off of need. DeAndre Hopkins would make the offense explosive. We talked about the top four guys with Hopkins, Beckham, Bateman, Flowers. But Daniil Hunter would make me feel so much better about that edge room. Edge, edge is a real concern for me right now for the Ravens because I just – I don't know what to expect from an offense away in year three. I don't know what to expect for, from David Ajabo. Again, essentially in year one, technically year two. And then Tyus Bowser is that guy. But they're, they're three deep right now at that position. I just think they need more. And, it's again, it's not every day an opportunity like this comes up. I think Baltimore – could get away with trading maybe a fifth rounder for him. If, you know, the Vikings are saying, well, we're going to lose him anyway in free agency next year. Maybe that's what they're saying and they can take anything. I, I would go up to a fourth. I'd honestly even go up to a third if if I were the Ravens to go up and get to Neil Hunter. I think the fit is just honestly that good. And it'd be really, it's really important for them to get another guy in that edge room, especially a veteran. Daniel Hunter's 28 years old right now. And would be really, he's also an LSU Tiger, so he'd fit into the Patrick Queen, Odo Beckham, LSU prerogative that goes, you know, Marlon Humphrey in Alabama. The Ravens love their Alabama. And so another LSU guy to combat Marlon Humphrey and in, in his Alabama takes and in, in Alabama fandom. But I, I still think with the Ravens now, they're set for the most part on defense. It's just the holes that they have, the really, really glaring ones are both at edge and corner. Now, there's been a huge debate about which one of those needs is bigger. And before Rocky SC and 100% it was corner. They do bring in Rocky SC, and I think that's a good fit for them, primarily an outside guy. You know, we've talked about Marcus Peters, talked about, you know, what are the slot options like Chris Harris Jr. or Bryce Callahan. But with Rocky SC and Marlon Humphrey, you know you have two very quality guys. Marlon Humphrey, you know, is going to be a top five guy. And then Rocky SC, I think, a very solid two slash three option. It's the rest of those players that you're thinking, well, where is Trayvon Mullen going to fit? Where is Pepe Williams going to fit? And Jalen Armour Davis and all those guys. In the edge room, it's can Adafi Owe break out in year three? Can David Ajabo step up in his first full NFL season? Can, you know, can Tyus Bowser continue to bring that consistency? I just think with the Ravens being essentially 3D there, I think Tavius Robinson can give you something. I, I just don't think he's going to give you a lot in his rookie season. A player that needs development, he can give you that inside-outside versatility. Maybe if an, an injury happens, he steps in. But I'd, I'd feel so comfortable with pretty much everything but who's going to play in the slot for the Ravens if they were to go out there and get Daniel Hunter. And this is a player that, again, is a star. Like the Ravens, this would be – it's it's great to think about because – of the fact that they just, they have so much uncertainty at that position, but you know, coming in with just the, the stats I read out with Daniel Hunter, what he's been able to do so consistently, where again, I, I preach consistency on this show. I do has not, has not had a season below six sacks since, you know, his rookie seat. Well, technically 2021, he only seven games, six sacks. I mean, I'll take that. Essentially his rookie year, he had six sacks in six in 14 games. 2017 is 30 year he had seven sacks in 16 games. But then other than that, double digit sacks in four of the five years. So I, I, I this is a guy to me that makes a ton of sense. I, I would love it if the Ravens were to make this move and, and bring him in. We'll talk about it a bit more throughout the course of the rest of the week and, and heading into next week. But I honestly think this is a no brainer for the Ravens, unless, you know, there's something I don't see. Maybe, maybe there is, but I really do think this is a great fit for Baltimore if it were to happen. Coming up on the final part of the show, though, we'll be diving into some comments from the Ravens' latest open OTA session. We'll be breaking those down in more detail. Coming up next here on Locked on Ravens.
We're back here. Our final segment, Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostreicher rounding out your Thursday here of Ravens content on this show. And thank you so much for tuning into the show, making us your first listen each and every day. Again, be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form as well. You can subscribe there for free, both audio and video. Same show, both audio and video. So if, if you want the graphics experience, we're working with a new graphics package here for the first week. If you want that, be sure to check us out on YouTube. But if, you know, if you're driving to work or coming home from work or you're on the go, or just want to listen in audio form, you should sure to do that as well. But let's now get into some comments from the Ravens' latest OTA session. We talked about this a bit yesterday, but I, I want to get to it in more detail. I, I think there were a lot of good comments we just didn't have time to talk about yesterday. So starting with John Harbaugh, he, he had a lot of praise for both Nelson Aguilar and Laquan Treadwell. He's a guy that John Harbaugh said Nelson Aguilar has been on point, been here every day. And, you know, looks rangy as the big catch radius. And I think he's, you know, said all the things that you saw today. I feel like he's been doing all along, John Harbaugh said. Aguilar, we talked about him yesterday, how he's been a star of OTA so far. And someone, I think, again, who you would like to have as your 4-5, which was where the Ravens have him right now, pending, pending a DeAndre Hopkins move. But he can step up in, in the event of an injury. And that, to me, is also, you know, you want some sort of veteran experience. Aguilar has experience throughout his NFL career, obviously Philadelphia, Las Vegas, and New England, which was his latest stop. I, I, I am excited to see Nelson Aguilar. Again, it might not amount to much. Maybe it doesn't work the way they want it to. But I'm excited to see whether he can be that deep speed guy because, again, that's what he's been known for. The 18.7 yards per catch was his best year. His only year in Las Vegas. He can be that deep field stretcher for them. And I'm excited to see what he can do. In that regard, other things John Harbaugh had to say when talking about Treadwell, saying he's another former first round pick and said he's physical, you know, worked hard in the workout and knew what he was doing essentially less than 24 hours ago ever since coming in. And I think that said a lot about who he is, John Harbaugh said, and said he'll be in the mix as well. Also talked a little bit about the competition, said, you know, not really feeling a competition right now because they're not competitive yet, but he's impressed with the work ethic of guys. And that that's what you want right now. Obviously, you know, you're not going to go full, full, you know, offense versus defense every single moment of practice. This is still, you know, install period, especially for the offense, working on getting those guys up to speed. But the work ethic is there. And John Harbaugh said they're doing a good job learning the offense, practicing and all of that, too. Now, John Harbaugh did respond to J.K. Dobbins and his tweets. We talked about this part yesterday. And ended up talking about how he said he didn't look at it, but Chad Steele, who's the senior vice president of communications over with the Ravens, told John Harbaugh about it. And John Harbaugh said that essentially he, what his interpretation of it was, he said, you know, JK saying that he wants to be back, but he doesn't know. And said that he would probably agree, you know, the Ravens want JK back, but who knows the future. And, you know, he said, you know, can anybody tell me if he's going to be back? That's what he was kind of going at. But said he's going to work hard. The energy's going to be high. He's going to be in great shape. And he expects great things from him all year. Also talked a bit about Kyle Hamilton and someone who we talked about. Yes, we had a great conversation about Kyle Hamilton yesterday, if you want to check out that show. But ended up saying that Kyle Hamilton is not going to be the nickel, per se. Said he's going to be a safety and the traditional safety role isn't necessarily in their defense because they move guys around. So John Harbaugh said the safeties rush the passer. They play linebacker, running from the line of scrimmage and back to the deep middle. So, again, the versatile role, we talked about this more in detail on yesterday's show, but the, the very versatile role that I think Kyle Hamilton is going to play, it's going to be really important, especially for a team that did lose Chuck Clark and is going to be relying on him a little bit more to move all around the defense. Now, talking about Daniel Filele, John Harbaugh ended up saying that 
seeing where he can play and, and giving him every opportunity, he worked a bit at guard, Daniel Falele did, and said that, you know, he can stay a little bit more square, but his feet look good, his hands look good, he's able to punch quickly and react pretty quickly with his hands as well. So, look, he said he wouldn't rule him out as left guard. And also said Ben Cleveland's been working with both sides. You know, they've got him working right tackle now. And then Salah said he's doing a nice job in there too. So he said there's going to be a fight for that spot. And I 100% agree with him. Did give some updates on Zay Flowers as well, saying that he has a tweak, like a soft tissue thing, should be back next week. And for minicamp, Gus Edwards should be partially ready, John Harbaugh said as well. Then looking at Chuck Smith a little bit. Chuck Smith, I think, was a great addition for this team, especially for young guys like Adafe Owe and David Ajabo. And talked a little bit about the transition to coaching with an NFL team and said, you know, it's a great place to be in Baltimore. It's been really easy. And talking about you know, the castle's a great place to be. And talking said if there's a perfect place for him to start and kick off his first year, it was the Baltimore Ravens, he said. So that's really cool. Also talked a bit about Adafi Owe and the points of emphasis to take his game to the next level and said that he wants to teach him to understand that if he uses his moves, he'll have success. And so the guys who are in the NFL who use their moves have success. And, right, you just talked about Terrell Suggs with that long arm power he had, Von Miller with the spin, and Reggie White. You know, he's talking about Lawrence Taylor, Dwight Freeney, all those guys. But for Adafi Owe and David Ajabo, and even talking about Jeremiah Moon and Tavius Robinson, they're working to be the best parts of this defense that they can be. And they're going to have to develop moves at this level. So I think moves are a big emphasis, you know, the, the signature move. So hopefully Chuck Smith will help those guys do that. And talking about David Ajabo a bit too, said that he's everything he thought he was in Michigan, quick, confident, twitchy, high pass rush IQ, mastered a lot of different moves too. But again, it's just a matter of refining all of that, uh, all of those skill sets that he has and said he's ready to make an impact. And I think that's really important too. They're working really hard right now. Chuck Smith ended up saying as well. Now for Kyle Hamilton said that, you know, gives him more confidence to be in the building for a year or two. He knows what to expect on a day-to-day basis and, and all that, you know, a little more focus right now in trying to leave, but he said doing the right thing every day, which I, I think is a solid answer and said he, he didn't really know his role, you know, said he can do a multitude of things right now, but no one's really trying to pin him in one place at this point in his career. And he, he did say it's still June, which I agree with him. It's very early in the process right now. So he said, depending on the week, the game, the personnel, things might switch around, but he's just trying to get everything down as much as possible. And then was asked about if he's, you know, no, we we know he's willing to play all the positions, but is there a spot he feels most comfortable in? And he said there wasn't necessarily one spot that he feels most comfortable in. And then described it. He went into detail. I thought it was really cool. He said at nickel, you're closer to the action. You can can't see as much behind you. That's necessarily the safety's job. You got to communicate. With Nickel also, the footwork in terms of man and getting out through the zone and stuff like that, it all complements things. And talk about safety, knowing where everybody is, knowing checks, and that complements the Nickel in other positions. So he's really trying to get as much down as possible, which, again, we don't know where Kyle Hamlin is going to play. We talked about that on yesterday's show. But the fact that he can play all those different roles for them is going to be a huge asset and honestly was for them last year. And then talked about, you know, where when he figured it out, his rookie season, I think we all kind of pinpointed the New England game and really saw consistent growth from him. But felt, he felt like he was young last year, getting reps, and the more reps he got, the more comfortable he got, and that's common throughout the league, which is 100%. And told himself at a certain point just to let loose. And guys sometimes don't play well when they're thinking too much and playing tight, which Kyle Hamilton said. So he said he doesn't play well. And someone he just lets loose and goes, that's when he plays his best. 
And then Hamilton was asked about Marcus Williams and what, what it would be like to get a lot of reps for them together because they didn't play a lot last year together. And Hamilton said, you know, it was annoying that he got hurt for a good amount of the year. You know, everybody saw what he did before and after the injury. So he was annoyed for Marcus Williams that he went down. But to have someone in the room like that every day, it's crazy for Marcus Williams. It's year seven, which Kyle Hamilton said he's getting old. But again, he teaches Hamilton a lot. He said mentally how to attack every day, how to watch the film, adapt to certain coverages. He says he gives him a lot of confidence in his game, and that's helped him over the past couple of years. So he said hopefully it's going to be a, a bright future for those two and, and him in the NFL, and I hope so too. I think Hamilton has a, a star factor in this league, and we'll see how it all pans out for him for sure. But that's all I have for you here today on Lockdown Ravens. Again, thank you so much for being here, tuning in to the channel and the show, whether it is in video or audio form. When we get back here tomorrow, we'll be rounding out the week with more Ravens content. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Lockdown Ravens.